Hello and welcome to another edition of Storytelling on Orchard Street. In the studio with me is Megan Brothers. She is the author of Debbie Harry Sings in French, a 2009 ALA Best Book for Young Adults and its prequel, and Supergirl Mixtapes. Her third novel, Weird Girl and What's His Name, was named one of Kirkus Review's Best Teen Books of 2015. Her poetry has appeared most recently in New York City, from the inside, edited by George Wallace, as well as in Persian Sugar English Tea, the Dada Journal Maintenance, and Great Weather for Media's anthologies before passing and the other side of Violet. And this is going to be the best podcast ever because we have Megan, right? <laughs> we're we're going to try our darndest. Yes. We're going to end all other podcasts. Right. After this one, people say, well, let's, why are we bothering doing podcasts anymore? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, we did a little test run, and I said Megan instead of Megan, and you told me that uh, your name you were named after a Blood, Sweat, and Tears song. <laughs> It's true. It's true. A deep cut. Megan's gypsy eyes. Uh, Yeah. And um, yeah, well, like the fun story about it, I guess, was that uh, I actually got to meet Steve Katz some years later. My my good buddy, Mike Fornatel, was was friends with him and knew him. And I was just like telling the story of like that was my name origin. He's like, 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 Mike's like, oh, I know the guy who wrote that song. Wow. (laughs) So so cool. Yeah. And we ended up meeting him at this like arts fair because his wife, Steve's wife, is a um, ceramicist. And he was there like selling those, helping sell the ceramics. And so um, we went and met him and I got to have dinner with him. And I mean, like, how often do you get to have dinner with like the guy that like wrote the song? That's true. (laughs) That you're named after. That's crazy. Yeah. And he told me it was actually a song about Joan Baez's sister, Mimi Farina. Okay. But he changed it to Megan Uh so it wouldn't be. Like two yeah, people would too know. obvious, or yeah. too, right? Right, and right. Uh, which was funny because then, like, in further weird coincidence, when I was a very little kid, my nickname was Mimi, that's what my mom called me. Wow, she had no idea, but right. uh, anyway, collective so, unconscious. Uh, were, your, what that is. were your parents <laughs> either of them musicians or just music lovers? Um, my mom, yeah, they were both music lovers, and my mom was a singer, she sang like kind of choral hmm. like, music and sort of played guitar, and yeah, and my dad, um, apparently played bass in a Rolling Stones cover band in wow. Gadsden, Alabama cool. in the late 60s called right. Satan's Children. Well, Satan's Children? <laughs> if you can imagine <laughs> wow. Gadsden, Alabama. So it was like a dark, heavy metal version of the Stones? <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish that some kind of tape survived. Like right. I would love to hear right. some Satan's Children, what, whatever they were up to. <laughs> Maybe they should but have a reunion. I know. Well, right. you know, sadly, my dad's passed away. But, oh, sorry. Uh, but yeah, like if there's anybody out there who has uh, some, you know, old reel-to-reel of Satan's Children or anything. Yes. <laughs> Please right. contact me. I would love to hear it. But, That's um, crazy. Yeah. But See, I, now we wouldn't have had this conversation if I didn't mispronounce your name. Exactly. I, imagine that. It's a door opener. Right. It really, it really is. is. It's a yeah. conversation starter. But I've only met like two other people that ever knew that song. And one was my friend Mike, uh, who's like a musician that probably some people listening to this podcast know. And uh, the other was just this random guy who was like a salesman coming through an office where I was working a temp job. And he was like... Wow. He's like, oh, Megan's Gypsy Eyes, uh, Blood, Sweat, and Tears. All right. And I was just like, what? Like some random guy right. from like Indianapolis or whatever. Just what? was like a big Blood, Sweat, and Tears fan. Well, so. I'm going to go on Spotify later and check it out, <laughs> see if I can listen to it. It's, is not it a, it's not a bad tune. It's a I was going to say, is it a good You like the it's song? It's a little depressing, though. Oh. It's like there's like a Bummer. line that's like, death that haunts her eyes will last forever or something uh, like that. That's pretty intense. <laughs> like, geez, mom, what were you going through there? That's, wow. like, that's pretty heavy. <laughs> it is really heavy. <laughs> Yeah. Well, so she, she, um, you're a native Carolinian. Is, is yeah. it Carolinian or Carolinian? Well, you know, I don't know. I always kind of make up that word because because um, it's Carolina, but you know. Yeah, I was sort of. I had like the odd situation of like we were from North Carolina. My mom, all my mom's family for generations back, North Carolina, living in North Carolina. But then I just popped out of the womb in South Carolina. Oh, but then, like, okay. Was was swiftly whisked back over right. the border. <laughs> So North you were Carolina. technically born so in South Carolina. I'm technically a South right. Carolina, I guess. Right. But then I grew up in North Carolina, but then we moved right. to Atlanta, but then we moved back to South well, Carolina. Well, I think it's like if you drop something on the floor, you have 30 <laughs> seconds to eat it. <laughs> I like that. It's like the five-second rule of babies. Yeah, it's right. like, oh, we moved. Right. So how long, how, many, how long exactly was it? Because there is a you know, minimum and a maximum. Well, I guess, you know, a few days of, <laughs> oh. of, of, mm, of I don't know. Time. You yeah. might be a South Car- Carolinian. Then. Well, I know. And that's, that's the thing. A few days. It was a few hours or a day or two, maybe. Well, what's funny is then, like, we came full circle, and I ended up going to high school across the street from the hospital where I was born. Oh. So I guess wow. maybe I'm a South Carolinian. I don't know. So but. D- your family lives on the border? 
No, well, just kind of like over. Well, most of them are in Spartanburg now. My mom okay. and my grandma are there, and um, but like my grandma's side of the family is also in North Carolina. My dad's side of the family is mostly in Alabama. Is this like the east, or south, southeast? Uh, south? Kind of the oh, western west. oh, part west. of the country, okay. like in the Mount like Rutherford Rutherford County, okay. and, um, Ellenboro. If anybody mm. knows, <laughs> yeah, I'm not that or, familiar. I went yeah. to Wilmington not that uh, about six years ago, I think, to oh, yeah. visit my uh, brother and wife. They live oh, yeah. there. Yeah. That's more like coastal. Yeah, but it's beautiful coast. Yeah. Right. So, um, but yeah, it's such a such a diverse region. Right. So yeah, we were more in the mountains, but um, yeah, and then Spartanburg's kind of what they call the upstate. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the Piedmont, uh, foot of the mountains, as they say, right. from the French. Wow. Um, but <laughs> see, we're learning geography, and yeah, we're yeah. learning. Co- I mean, we learn so much. <laughs> we're learning about yeah, we're blood, gonna, sweat, and tears. And yeah, forget <laughs> poetry. We're just going to start talking yeah. about like you know vinegar-based barbecue for like the rest of the. <laughs> but, well, usually I, I ask people like you know. When did they start writing or, you know, but I see that you were like a teen and you already had, pub, you're, you're already published. Oh, well, those books came later, but they are young adult books. Right. But I wrote them when I was older. My, oh, my, I get yeah. it. All right. My immaturity just continued. I see. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're, they're, they're books like for teenagers, but, um, but I was writing as a teen and as right. a very young person. I was like kind of precocious in that way a little bit, but um, yeah, I didn't... Um, I, I, I didn't really get into poetry initially. I was trying to think about this because I, I had a f- I, I, from listening to past right. episodes of uh-huh. this podcast. Right. I, I do like to ask it. I'm just curious. Yeah. Because for me, it was like, like really late in life. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I, I thought I hated poetry uh-huh. because like a lot of when, people say that. I know. I've had all well, the guests say that too. When I initially, like my initial exposure to it, and it, well, actually, like initially, I was reading like Shel Silverstein and wow. stuff. So okay. I, mean, I didn't think of that, you know, like Light in the Attic and. Uh-huh. I don't know if you ever read those books, like Where the Sidewalk Ends. Like that was, right. that's, I'm not a poem memorizer, but the only poem I can recite from memory is Shel Silverstein's. Wow. There's too many kids in this tub. Uh-huh. There's too many elbows to scrub. I just washed a behind that I'm sure wasn't mine. There's too many kids in this tub. It's <laughs> like genius. That, that is really genius. good. It's so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I learned that when I was like seven or something. Oh, that's but, funny. Uh, it stuck with you all these years? I mean, when there's something as good as that, you know, it's almost like Ramones-like and it's yeah. perfect, like... To, you know, now I guess I have to tell them that I got no cerebellum kind of <laughs> We used to sing songs in elementary school, and there's one that's stuck in my head all these years, and it's such a dumb song. Oh, my gosh. I am Dr. Eisenbar, Billy, 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 Boom, Boom. <laughs> People say I'm very smart, Billy, Billy, Boom, Boom. I make my patients well again. I don't know if it's Willie or Billy, Boom, Boom, Boom. I don't know. It's like it's such a dumb song, but it's in my, I, I think about that all the time. It's amazing <laughs> that like I, I have a niece who's like about one and a half, and when we visited one time, there was a song that my uh, sister-in-law was singing to her, and it was on some baby compilation. And it was so catchy, and I was like, oh my god! Like after hearing it twice, it's like, well, this song is stuck in my head for the whole week, and yeah, it's about like. Yeah, well, now I, now I can't remember it, but, right. <laughs> but yeah, they make these kids' songs so dumb and catchy, and it's kind of great. Yeah. So I don't know, geniuses, insidious geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but that's the point, right? Exactly, right. So um, six with you. So we talked a lot about. Well, I, I first I, I saw you at um, uh, Otto Shrunken yeah, Head. Otto's, you yeah. were um, a feature. Yep. For Matthew Hubert's uh, um, neuro. Neuro... Neuronautic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it sticks in my head. Yeah. Um, I always want to call it neuromatic. Right. Like, no, it's neuronautic. neuronautic. Yeah. yeah. I got to ask him what the origins of that is. Do you know? I is don't. Is the name? I don't. I always assumed it was kind of like a like a, like a swimmer into the mind right. or something. Like nautic sounds like kind of... Yeah, it does, but right? But like neuro... Right. Is, yeah, okay. So I, don't, I mean, I don't know if that's... Right. He might... And I, I immediately liked what you... I, I liked your poetry and your deliverance and... Oh. Um, I like, the, like your poetry has also, there's like a, a little bit of kind of like dark humor in it to some degree, right? Or just, it's witty, or I don't know if I'm saying the right words, but I just really liked. And then we talked and that made me feel like extra that it would be fun to have you on. We talked a lot about music and stuff, so. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I I was thinking, I was like, I'm going to have to struggle to not have this be just like a whole like podcast of the two of us talking about music. I know. Because I know we were just like ping-ponging right. back well, and forth. Well, you know, I mean, it's storytelling, so it's not strictly just poetry. I mean, yeah. you can tell stories in music. And music has a, I don't know about you, but there's certain music that I, I hear from different times in my life, especially from when I was just starting to enjoy music as a kid. 
it has a different feel to it. Oh, yeah, You know, absolutely. just different feeling when I hear it. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. So it's like yeah. a, the story of your life, you know? Yeah, well, I think there's some study, isn't there, that, like, the music that you hear as a teenager because of your raging hormones or mm-hmm. whatever, like, it, it imprints right. more deeply or oh, yeah. something. But... Right, but even stuff earlier than that has yeah, that oh, feeling man. to me yeah, yeah, in a different yeah. way. Oh, totally, right. yeah. So you didn't like, you didn't love poetry at first. No, um, but then, well, But you yeah. wrote... Uh, well, I had, yeah, I had a teacher that kind of put me off of it, which is kind of always the way, you know. Is it because they were too strict and rigid about it? Or? Yeah, that was yeah. part of it, but it was like Because that's why I always felt it was only that, you know. Yeah, you know, I always had this thing of like, um, I don't know, it was just like if, if an adult like told me something and, and as a kid I could see that it was a dumb rule. Right. I just felt like really like the sense of injustice was just galling and right. I felt like it was really True. dumb. And so I had this teacher in fourth grade. We did like a little poetry unit and um, and then we were supposed to write a poem. And I wrote, you know, what I thought was like a good poem. And I kept showing it to her and she kept saying, that's not a poem. That's not a right. poem. And she just right. like wouldn't even that's really so look at it. Yeah. That, because how is like, that going to, um, you know, make you feel like writing again? I, I know. And, know? I, and I was like, you know, even at the time I was mm-hmm. like, well, first of all, I'm 10. So like, I know, right. What did you expect? Yeah. Let's just start from that point. Like, right. I'm not exactly right. going to like jump out of the gates as, and be, you know, Coleridge or whatever. So mm-hmm. like... Let's what was just, the poem about? Do you remember? Oh, God, I cannot remember what it was about. I just remember that I kept taking it back to the teacher and trying to figure out what I was doing wrong. Right. And, like, I kept going back to my desk and, like, looking at the samples that we mm-hmm. were reading. And, right. like, what am I doing wrong? Right. And she said, it's not a poem because it doesn't indent. Like, the first line doesn't indent, and it should be indented. Which is, huh. like, weird. like wow. I've never heard that from Jeez. anybody else. And right. I was just like, what? And, right. and, like, even at the time, I just remember looking at her and thinking, like, that's so freaking stupid. Right. <laughs> is it possible she just didn't know that much about poetry? You, that is your possible. Your poem was probably the greatest poem ever written. Well, I doubt <laughs> it. But, I mean, she was, it was, like, a weird, yeah. And then, and then later on, though, it was the structure thing. So, yeah, with her, I don't know if she was just trying to give me a hard time or if, like, I, I don't know. Oh, it was so straight. I still remember it. That I was like, why does it need to indent? Like for years afterwards, like poetry is so stupid. Like you have to indent the lines in some stupid way. Like it's so dumb. Like right. why would anybody ever write a poem? Right. But um, yeah, then later in high school, I had a teacher that was very, you know, we, <clears throat> because it was actually a great poetry education. We had this like three inch thick book of like every poem ever written. Wow. But, I mean, it was a great, like, te- you know, it was like onion skin. Like, it was a real, like, Bible of poetry. Huh. I still have it in my mom's oh, house. It's wow. really great. Right. But, you know, but looking back, like, to start with the early stuff, I think, for young people sometimes to be like, let's start with sonnets and, right. and, and you know, and, and all that stuff. It's, it's, I mean, it's great. I think you right. need to have that sense of, like, this is the form, you know, and here's how it, like, evolved from the highwayman or whatever. Right. But... To, to be like 16 and it's like, go home and write a sonnet. And so like, right. you know, we were like, now it's like I'm 16, I'm trying to write a sonnet. And yeah. I remember like really trying to really work hard to make it fit with the I ams and all the uh, rules and right. stuff. And then I remember to this day, my teacher gave me a C on it, uh, the infamous Dr. Brown. If I have any friends listening at home. Oh, the so name's stuck like, because they can you got pale, a C. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can They can all like, you know, shudder if any of my high school compatriots are listening to this. But right. um he was great though, actually, because he was a total grammar technician, and right. I, any like grasp of grammar that I have now, I totally owe to this guy because he was just so nerdy about it. But um, but the poetry thing, he gave me a C on the sonnet, and he said it was hackneyed and trite. Wow. I still remember that hackneyed Jeez. and trite, and I How was you like, say that to a sixteen. I know, and I was oh like, again, God. it's like I'm sixteen. Like, These people try I, too hard. I know, it's like, what do I have to write about? I've got like no life experience. Right. I, I wrote about like That's summer. So crazy. Va- I know, I wrote like a sonnet about summer vacation. That one I do remember <sighs> what it was about, and it was like, you what know, a way to turn people off. This is crazy. Well, I know. It's amazing you kept going. <laughs> I know. In the face of, you know, right. everybody is, you know, or maybe it was a, a sign. I shouldn't <laughs> I should quit while I'm ahead. Right. But I know, like, that was another time when my, you know, teenage BS detector kind of kicked in. And I was like, you know, like, I did all the things with the meter and the right. rhyme and the stuff that I was supposed to. Like, who cares what it's about, right? Did you like, did you further uh, study poetry in, like, co- did you go to college and did you study poetry at all in college? I, I did go to college. I did not study poetry. Poetry, I studied screenwriting, oh, okay. but I did take some uh, poetry classes, like as an elective, just because I liked it. I was right. into it. By that so point, early on, like this part of your life, you you wrote the po- your poetry because you you wanted to, but you didn't see yourself as you were going to be a poet. You, well, I did. Th- well, then, well, <laughs> so going back to the sonnet. So, but what was funny is around that time of the sonnet, <clears throat> the, the infamous sonnet incident. This is like <laughs> <laughs> becoming momentous. Right. Um, 
I had started like writing little, cause I, I was like, I was writing short stories and I, w I went to like, there was like a writer's camp in town that was mm -hmm. really great. Like during the summer um, at the community college, like for fifth and sixth graders. Um, so I got dropped off there every day for a couple of weeks and okay. got to like write little short stories wow. and things. So I, I knew writing was an interest from really early on. Right. Um, and I was kind of, uh, I kind of had that thing when I was in high school of like, Kind of, you ever seen that movie Rushmore, yeah. the Wes Anderson movie? Right. I, I kind of had that thing of like, you know, I was I was a kid who was like completely like you know failing geometry, sort of like a C minus student, uh -huh. <laughs> like, but you know going home and, and working on my novel, right? Like, right. So sure. This sort of right. weird level. So you had of your like, passion, and the other yeah, things like were failing and yet being very precocious. Right. Um, but uh, and which looking back on it, of course, is just kind of hilarious to me. But um, but but sweet and effortful, you know. It's like right. I was really serious about it. And um, but it, as a sideline to that, I was I had a little notebook, and I would I started writing. I started carrying it with me at some point, like when I was around fourteen, and just writing like little snippets of words that would come to me, and, uh -huh. like, words that I liked or phrases that I would overhear, things like that. Or, and and I realized like kind of phrases were starting to just sort of come to me, and, right. and or little images would start to kind of construct mm -hmm. themselves or things like that. And around when I was maybe 15 or 16, I wrote what I was like my first real poem. Mm -hmm. And it was such a like big experience. Of it was like, this for a project, I was class assignment or just on your own? It was just on my own. Okay. It was just like in my little teenage bedroom. Right. And, um, <clears throat> and it was funny because- And I, what posters were on the wall? <laughs> I can tell you what posters <laughs> were on the wall. I had, um, I had a big poster of every Beatles album cover. Wow, it was a really cool like poster. That. that was like my right. favorite poster. Okay. And um, it was every Beatles album cover, like in, cool. uh, yeah, in like a grid, like and like on the, the American or the uh, British version. That's the thing. I think it was the American version. Okay. And on because the they're different. I have a box set of Beatles uh, British releases. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I think it was all the American versions. Okay. And because I don't think it had something else by the Beatles, and I right. think that wasn't, or was, or wait, was that American? Maybe it was the British releases. Anyway. Um, now I got to go back and try to find okay. it. But at any rate, it was a really cool, it was all the Beatles, and it was like all their songs were listed on the side. And I would just like look up at it wow. and like look at all the, the song wow. titles. And, That's great. Yeah. And then um, a little after that, I had, that was like around the time I was going through my heavy like film girl phase. So I had like a giant, uh, my one of my friends gave me this huge poster of Quentin Tarantino. Oh, okay. <laughs> In a, I kind of wish I still had that too. He was wearing like this like Elvis in Vegas kind of like glittery like jacket and just doing this like really cool <laughs> pose. Like as cool as Quentin right. Tarantino has ever looked. And right. it was just said like Tarantino or something right. on it. It was just, it wasn't even for one of his movies. It was just this massive. Wow. And then I also had my guy, Martin Scorsese. I loved Scorsese. Right. And okay. I, <laughs> Wait, just so, so just Scorsese also, not I, any of the movies or yeah. I did love the movies. I like. Right. I, it sounds insane to go back and be like this teenage girl from like the suburbs in South right. Carolina. It's like oh Marty, like I just I just thought he like his movies were so cool and he just seemed so cool and like I guess because it was so like New right. York and everything sure. was like so foreign to me. So like watching like Taxi Driver was just right. so, like. <laughs> So that was going to be uh, one of my questions, yeah. uh, like how did you get to New York, or how did you get uh, yeah. in book? But I, we have to hear one of your poems. Oh gosh, okay. Well, <laughs> because geez. you know what, we're almost a th like we're oh, really man, yeah, we're yeah. already eighteen minutes oh, into the show. Okay, I gotta read fast. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, don't. Okay. Yeah, but I want to make sure we get some some of your poetry in here too. Okay, well, because we'll we could that. chat away forever. Well, it's funny. So now I guess I'll segue from like the Carolinas to like, then we'll go into New York. So right. I'll, I'll read, like, this is a poem I wrote when I was home last year. Okay. Um, about like being at home. And <clears throat> it's, um, it's called Wheel of Fortune. Okay. When I was little, I sat in this green naugahyde swivel chair in my grandparents' kitchen while my grandmother made salmon patties and hominy, cut tomato slices red as suns. The TV on the hutch played Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy, the beeps and blurts of the letterboard lighting up, questions to the answers filling the screen as the salmon sizzled in Wesson oil. Now I'm 44, standing on my mother's back porch. The hawk that's been circling lands on a low branch. It's June, there are still at least two good hours of daylight, and isn't it something that I can go inside and sit in the green naugahyde swivel chair, and my grandmother is there, cooking salmon patties. I slice tomatoes red as suns, and the wheel of fortune still turns, as it ever was. Back to the hunt, the hawk ascends with a cry. How lucky am I, the wheel turning, and all this bounty I still have. Wow, that's beautiful. Oh, thank you. Is, you, is your grandmother a good cook? 
But she's a very good cook. The yes. salmon patty sounds good with it. Was, yeah. it, was it like nice juicy tomato? Yeah, gosh, man, those <laughs> well, summertime tomatoes. And, and, and what was it on a bun or bread? Uh, or? No, I think we just I think that we, she just usually oh, makes just the nothing. salmon patties, oh. and then we have like a couple oh, of sides okay. there. Yeah, not a sandwich, tomato, but, just a patty. But but a tomato sandwich. I mean, oh. that's the best. Yes. Like, just a good tomato, right. like right on the. Yeah. Mayo? Yeah. I am a not a mayo person. No. Okay. You know what I like to do is like a little thin slice of cheese instead okay. of the mayo. Like sure. a little slice of Swiss or like Havarti. Okay. Then like a nice mild. Okay. That's my tip. I didn't eat a big lunch. I'm, now you're making um, me too hungry. <laughs> now you're going to get a tomato sandwich. Yes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. Um, the big uh, tomato sandwiches are a big deal in the South. But what, isn't I there mean, a dressing that they use? I'm trying to think of the name uh, of it. The special, it's like a mayonnaise kind of dressing, but it's, it's something special. All right, I can't uh, think. Yeah. Of it. <laughs> I don't know. I know usually for us, like the the, the, the tomato sandwiches is like is tomato mayonnaise right. on bread. Right. The end. Right. Because when you get it has those, to be white bread, no like whole grain. You know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, really. like I like to have like a nice little. Right. You know, if you yeah. get like a nice sourdough or something. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get to? Uh, but I love the scene, it, it, man. So it seems like um, going home is a good thing for you because some oh, people, yeah. you know. Families can be a you know tough thing. Yeah, <laughs> so, no. I mean, you, I definitely had that rebellious thing when I was a kid of like, right. oh, I don't want to come back to this podunk right. town and you know kind of thing. But um, but you know, I I mean, I just appreciate it so much now, and I appreciate that like I could still you know go visit my mom and my grandma and so right. many of my friends that I know now sure. are you know losing their parents and grandparents yeah. and stuff like that. Right, and right. I know like mm-hmm. how super super fortunate I am, and I've been like even more in the recent last ten years or so. I've just right. been like so appreciative of the fact that I'm able to go home and right. see them and I wish I could go more. Wish we so were... how long have you been in New York City and what made you first move here? Gosh, what made me? I probably, um, well I moved here in 2000 and right after graduation from film school because um, I had some opportunity or a couple of things that seemed like they could be job opportunities okay. that ended up not panning right. out but it just seemed like the best option. Yeah, I mean if you're going to for... go into film it's like New York, it's yeah, LA, it's like it's here or LA, Toronto. Pretty much. Yeah, like there's <laughs> like a, a handful yeah. of places right. and if you're more of a technician I think you can go like or you know right. like Atlanta's got a lot and of animation. Was that what you were looking to do? Now. The technical side or? No, writing oh, was writing. really the oh, thing. Oh, I see. Um, Screenwriting. So, yeah, and, yeah, and I also thought like well I could work on crews because I, I was pretty active in that like when I was a student I was, mm-hmm. I was working on people's crews and stuff, but, you know, it just ended up not panning out and um, ended up moving to New Jersey in, like, I think 2003 and then moved back here in 2010. Okay. So I was living on the Jersey Shore for, right. what was that, like seven years, something uh-huh. like that. Um, so, and what were you doing down there? Um, well, I kind of moved down I moved down to Asbury Park. Um, oh. I had some friends there, actually, a friend of mine, Trina Scordo, who was a, a great poet and, I mean, probably still is a great poet. Sadly, we're not in touch right now, but... Um, she was um, somebody that I met through the um, Cornelia Street readings, the Pink Pony readings okay. that I mentioned to you. Um, they uh, and and we ended up. St- I, I went down there to visit her because she uh, got a house down there, and it just had such a great vibe in the early aughts. It was very. It was like what I wanted New York to be, and right. that like it was how I imagined New York like in the seventies. Like right. it was kind of gritty and not quite gentrified again yet right, but right, it was yeah. like very like there were starting to be like galleries and stuff popping up and right. you could just I went like, to Asbury Park in the se- uh, 70s mid 70s with high school friends to well, right after we graduated to hang out and uh, and we saw um Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes. <laughs> yeah, it's a classic Jersey yeah. Shore band. Yeah, really. So. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I went down there really because it was just, you know, I think I had that sort of revelation of, like, when 9-11 happened, I kind of went, you know, I don't want, like, at that time I had a, a job in a sort of marketing job, like mm-hmm. a, a market research, like reading surveys, kind of just a work-a-day job, and I right. just kind of had this revelation of like I don't want to die in a cubicle right. you know kind of thing and um, started going down to Asbury and it was just such a good vibe I was like man this is like the perfect like this is what I want like right. to just live in like this artistic kind of enclave and me and Trina ended up starting a band and so I was doing the music thing for quite a while oh. down there what are, you, what are you doing in a band? Um, well in that band I played guitar okay. which seems like a crazy thing to say because I was not really a guitar player it was a very right. learn on the job kind okay. of because I know you're a drummer right? yes yeah so um yeah, and it was wild though because we had a pretty pretty wild ride in terms of like getting to play a lot of gigs and like travel and 
Um, I mean, what was just, the name of the band? Uh, we were called the Steel Pier Sinners. Okay. And uh, it was very Jersey Shore, right, very sure. like bar band. Punk uh, covers band. or originals? Mostly originals. Okay. Trina was very like prolific mm -hmm. and in very like Springsteeniana. She sang kind and, of and, yeah. She yeah. sang and like wrote like really rich lyrics right. and stuff and. Um, I got to have my little Keith moment and do a couple of my songs every once in a while. <laughs> but, but I was writing a lot of stuff, but it didn't really fit in the band. That right. At that point, I was writing uh -huh. a lot of like songs that were really long. And it was basic like rock really band uh, lineup, like bass, drums, two guitars yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, two guitars, bass, drums, yeah. that was it. Um, pretty pretty straightforward, Ramalama, garage mm -hmm. rock kind nice. of stuff. But it was cool because, yeah, like we got to do this little Stevens underground garage battle, oh, the bands wow. thing. That's fun. Like, that was really fun. And uh, Did you win? Uh, we did, actually. Oh, well, wow. We, we won the Asbury Park. You didn't uh, write that on your, on your yeah. file that you, were, uh, that you won a, a battle of the bands. I, I, I didn't think it would come up. I, you know, it was well, so. I'm glad was, it did. I know it was so funny that there was such an insane and like the guest judge was Pete Best, the Beatles really? original driver. Get the hell out of here! <laughs> yeah. Was it, uh, Steve Van Zandt there? Um, he wasn't at that one, but we oh. got to being the Asbury winners. We got to come and play at Irving Plaza with all the other regional winners, and he apparently was there for that. Mm -hmm. And that one we didn't win, but uh, well, I can tell you the gossip, the backstage scuttlebutt that I heard because <laughs> we. I love hearing we, scuttlebutt. Yeah, some scuttlebutt. We we. And uh, I, I don't remember the last time I heard somebody <laughs> use that word, but well, uh, thank you. You're welcome. Br bringing the 1800s back <laughs> to you. So <laughs> this is Orchard Street. It was it's a bunch like of hooligans, old, yeah, hooligans getting involved in a scuttlebutt. <laughs> a fisticuffs. I love the words. That's yes, another. A fisticuffs. Those are good words. Yeah. They should what? be used. I, hooligans is a great word. We're I mean, down here on the. This is the Lower East Side. Bring them back. This is the heat of like. This is where. Some of those words were probably invented. Probably <laughs> hooligans and scofflaws, yeah. and the, you know, this is the gangs yeah. of New York milieu. Right. So, um, 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 oh yeah. So the scuttlebutt from backstage was that uh, there was us and another band that had guitar, girl guitar players, uh -huh. and one of the judges at the big one was MTV's Kurt Loader. Okay, and he did not like girl guitar players. Oh, uh, that's. Thanks. Yeah, he thought that like well, he's a jerk anyway. Yeah, he thought that both of us <laughs> really sucked. Yeah, right. and um, so apparently, Mel yeah, I'm, I'm I'm spilling the tea on Kurt Loader. I'm right. sorry, y'all, but no, um, it needs to be done. It's about yeah. time. It's about time he's been taken down. <laughs> well, a little late. We should have come down a long time ago. <laughs> all the media, like our you know Jan Winner, right. Kurt Loader, just right. take I them know. all down. Yep. Just yep. all of them. You but, know, my friend wrote the book Sticky Fingers. That oh, is uh, Joe Hagen. Oh, no kidding. Okay, I, uh, I DJ'd his wedding, but oh, have you heard of it? Because that's, um, and Joe just wrote an article in Vanity uh, Fair about John, John Winter, about this oh, whole thing. Oh, yeah. yeah, wow. No, anyway. I, I uh, actually, no, I haven't read that book. When you first right. said it, I thought I had, but I yeah. don't know that it, I have actually It's about the history of uh, Rolling Stone. Oh, and oh, that, yeah. And uh, I, I wound up not having a good relationship with John Winter. He, yeah. he didn't like the way he was portrayed <laughs> in the book. And, but, he, oh, but the God. true light is coming out now. You know? I mean, it is. I, you know, I almost feel bad for some of those guys, but then again, I don't. It's no. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. It's like you really dig your own grave. And, right. and that article, like I, you know, for those of you who aren't aware, recently, Jan Winter, to catch you up, was interviewed mm -hmm. by the New York Times and just hung himself with his own rope. Right. And the the basically saying that women uh, and, 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 and African American yeah. they weren't you know they weren't they didn't have the same level uh, whatever. level of like, intelligence yeah or whatever it was it's, right. I know it's right. like say that instead to, of just you saying know. I didn't interview some of those because they mentioned some of the greats and so, instead of just being smart and saying well I, I they weren't in my you know network really and I just really was interviewing people uncomfortable. Like, he could have said yeah. something like that. Yeah, he could have said, yeah. well, these are my friends that I sat right. down with the casual conversations right. or yeah. something. I, maybe I overlooked. I should have uh, yeah, some you know, people. Uh, like, oh, my God. That's for the next book right, or whatever. Right. But, oh, my gosh. It was a, it was just amazing to, right. like, I, I was like, am I reading this with my own eyeballs? I know, the journalist, incredible. The journalist even said, when, would you like to rephrase that? Wow, and no. <laughs> Jan Winter's like, ah, oh. so anyway, what I was saying is, like, black people are inarticulate. It's like, oh, my God. What a, oh, mm -hmm. man. Oh, so yeah, good, good riddance. Because you know what, it is like that rockist attitude. Like for way too long, it just pervades, and the whole rock and roll hall of fame thing. Like as a fan, it's just it's galling, and that's right. definitely like as I've gotten older, I've realized like the blind spots that I've had towards music because like major media just didn't cover certain people, and then right. you realize like oh, like here's this person who just like produced. You know, I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Like, right. just and and a lot of it is like black music, women, 
just it's kind of yeah so i i'm i'm myself like i'm trying to like get rid of all that like raucous stuff where you just it's like well these eight bands are the godhead and anybody else is just sort of trailing behind right well it's it's It's, been that it's been like that and i mean it still is i think they talk about the greatest drummer or the greatest guitarist (laughs) it's always rock drummers yeah yeah you know and and men and you know uh, but but even like in the soul, it's right. like, yeah, it's never Bernard Purdy. It's right. always, you know, right. just like, uh, oh, I mean. Oh, my God, Bernard Purdy. I can't believe you mentioned that. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. The, the, like, the, he, he did Aretha's uh, Rock Steady. I know. Which and is that, like, that drum fill is the greatest ever. That little solo he took takes in that. I know, and 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 yeah, and I, it's like no disrespect to like Keith Moon or or, or whoever, but yeah, it's like right, those and, lists are just predictable. Right, and then never like, the jazz. You never hear the jazz musicians there, like you know, you know, Max Roach wasn't a great drummer. I mean, uh, yeah, <laughs> I know it's galling. So but, um, yeah, let's anyway, let's read so another poem because <laughs> we we I, I could chat with you all day, but I want to make sure your poetry gets in the oh, podcast. Oh gosh, well, yeah. you know, so pick, pick yeah, I know we've wasted too much time on Jan Winter, <laughs> but uh, I know. So okay, so I guess in the scheme of coming to New York and coming back to New York and like working in New York and stuff. So this one is hot off the presses. It's still even oh, in my I love handwriting. Right. I wrote it this week. I can week. smell the ink from here. I know. It's the waft, <laughs> waft, the waft of I the, think I'm getting a little high from it. Yeah, the Bic fumes. Did are, you mimeograph it? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I wish. Yeah, it was like all nice and purple. Right. Um, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I actually had some downtime on one of my jobs this week and I wrote this. It's kind of, and weirdly. Do we want to talk about your job? I mean, like, because, uh, like, no. so you, you don't make your living from, <laughs> from uh, film uh, uh, or writing or... No, no, uh, no, okay. no. Read the yeah. poem then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you think. Yes. Um, yeah, so, but it is, like, because I, I, I mean, talking about influences in, in college, I was reading, like, a, Frank O'Hare is a big, big, big one for me, and also a New York guy. Um, and it's funny, because I, I think of his I Do This, I Do That mm-hmm. kind of poems okay. a lot with, like, what I write. Um, even if it's not like about me, it's just like this is sort of what I witnessed or whatever. And uh, but I was at work in this downtime. I was reading this um, review of like Richard Hell has a new book, and it's called uh, What Just Happened. And there's no like punctuation, and there's right. no, you know is it is it a question or is it a statement? And um, so I thought, well, that's like a good twist on the I do this, I do that poem. Okay. It's like what just happened. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna write a what just happened poem. So this cool. is I like that. This is my commute. This is just like a poem about my like of a Tuesday. Anyway. Uh, It's called Now New York. Now New York means something again. Crossing the creaking bridge by train some days after the floods. I'm bleached in summer-like haze. The gauze of morning softens the squint of glass and steel on the island behind me. Over the river, the bell-like curve of the Brooklyn Bridge. Lady Lib waving from her postcard stance. Am I improving? I'm working again. Part of the vein, one of the strange chattering termites eating up time. Out we go and come back again, nibbling away. Take home a little piece, mouthfuls of nothing that jingle like coins. I'm part of something, pretending to be fearless, pretending this world is yours applies to me. Huh, does it? I'm underground again, newsprint on my hands, rejecting everything. I want to leave, but I can't. Reject that. I want to stay, but I can't. Reject that too. Look, it's October. It feels like summer, but it's later than you think. Enjoy yourself or something. You'll be crossing the bridge at sunset soon, and then at night, coming back into the twinkling lights, Ornament City, now New York means something again. Sit down with a pencil and paper, count the coins that fall out of your mouth, add them up, try and figure it out, write this down. Does it mean something? Anything? How about now? How about now? Yes, it does mean something. (laughs) It surely does. Well, thank you. Cool. So, yeah, it's just, that's like the, you know, the eternal thing of like, I'm working, but what am I working on? What am I working at? Where's, where's my Where's my work? Where's my capital W work? What's my dub, lower W work doing? Like, a, you know, that's always the yeah, sure, I get it. The thing. But you have your art. You got yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's uh, poetry is very sustaining, and it has been, and that's what I appreciate appreciate about. You know, New York. When I first moved here, and nothing was really happening. I remember I had a teacher in college who. Um, a screenwriting teacher who told us or you know gave us like food for thought thing mm-hmm. and said um what are you going to do for your art every single day because he said you're not always going to be successful you're not always going to be working on a script doing a movie like right. that's just the nature of the business right. you're just going to have fallow times mm-hmm. and so what can you do for yourself to right. feel like you're furthering your art every single day and I, i've always thought about that like even if you can't 
work every single day. Like sometimes that's just not a reality with the yeah. rest of the real world. You gotta get, right. the, get the laundry done, sure. you know. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. But um, but it was like that's what the poetry readings here for me that I found. I, I didn't ever want to read poetry, even though I was writing it for quite some years and sort of the, into high school into college. Um, but coming here and getting involved in the readings, it gave me something like every week, tangible, mm -hmm. like a place to go, right. instant feedback, right. uh, as being surrounded by other poets, other mm -hmm. artists. Like it was just so, so fulfilling to be able to just go, do it, mm -hmm. say it, have it exist in its little space of time, and then it's over. And then you all go and have dinner. You know, right. it's like just. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's great? I mean, so some. Some people might not like both parts of it. Um, I guess because I was in a band all those years, but I, as a drummer, typically would be doing somebody else's vision. Mm. And it was in the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except uh, I was in a band called Voodoo Martini, and I was kind of up front because I played standing up and percussion and was almost the lead instrument. Cool. But generally speaking, it's still somebody else's vision. And, and um, I don't know, I think I write pretty well. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know if I call myself a poet, but I, I write, and I write what's in me and from my life and, and I, try to tell a story. I and, would call you a poet. Oh, thank you. I've heard your poems. <laughs> okay. I, but, you are but, officially, I, oh, right. I hear by right. dub the yeah, yeah. A poet. <laughs> well, you know, I didn't do what you got, a lot of the people that I, I taught, um, have had on the show. I mean, you know, you really studied it at different parts of your life. I mean, so I didn't have that part of it, you know. Yes So I'm no, just kind of writing how I mm. feel and, and think. But know. I think that's the great thing, and that's something that, like, is is important for everybody like you don't have to have studied it in college or have right. a teacher that made you you know crammed a bunch of sonnets down your throat or whatever like you can pick it up right now like you just right. turn off this podcast and like you know sit down and write something and just see what comes out and i mean that's not always a great way to work but right. like that's the starting point is like you know is get, yeah. sit with yourself feel you know and read some poems and then like develop this. a style i feel like i've developed a style yeah 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 and but like, then there's the writing part and that's very personal yeah, you oh, know? yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and then there's the reading part. And actually, the reading part can be personal, too. It depends, especially the poem. Sometimes I will read certain poems that strike a chord for me. Yeah. And I get almost like this really intense emotional thing. You know? Oh, absolutely. You yeah. know? Um, but uh, as a performer, I, I love being on the stage. And it's my thing now. It's my, you know ideas and and my creativity and uh, I love it I love the re going to the readings and doing features yeah. I'm actually um, I think we're gonna hopefully air this we're doing this Saturday uh, October uh, 7th and hopefully it'll go up tomorrow or, or Monday Monday the 9th I'm gonna be back here for uh, Wayne crawls have you ever done oh, his cool. Wayne crawl no is that here at this you should you should oh. look into it um, oh, he yeah. would like you, and it's it's a so it's right here. You've been oh. here before, right? Yeah, yeah. You know where there's like uh, so there's like, in right directly behind us, there's the, the uh, steps. steps. Yeah. that's where the audience sits. <laughs> cool. It, it's cool because it's a little different than going to a restaurant or bar. Yeah. You know, which is fine also, but there's it takes that component, the the noise from the bar and the drinking and all yeah. that, and it's really uh, just really easier to really pay attention to the writers yeah. or to, to for you to read and project to the audience so you, you should meet Wayne so I'm gonna be doing Wayne's thing oh, cool. and my friend uh, Fred uh, is playing guitar oh, nice. um, so um, yeah it's gonna be music and poetry for me and I'm doing it with um, well there's three other poets one of them who I don't know but I'm doing it with Linda Kleinbub and uh, Philip Giambri and they were um, I, so I, I, I met uh, Wayne Crawl here, uh, seeing a friend of mine uh, that I was in that band with, Voodoo Martini, cool. reading here. And that's how I found out about the podcast studio. Mm -hmm. But then I gave Wayne a book, and he booked me into to do a feature. And um, it was early on for the bookstore and for Wayne, mm -hmm. you know. But I met um, Philip and um, Linda, which I'm really thankful for, because they opened other, other doors for me to other places. So. Nice. Nice. Um, but it's a good place. Um, you should try to hook up with Wayne. Yeah, yeah. yeah I should yeah. Uh, try if I can make it off work in time. Yeah. So it's uh, six o'clock. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's, it is another nice place to do features because yeah. I think it, you know it's a little. There's no open mic. It's just features. Yeah. yeah. The the bar thing does get kind of old sometimes. Well, <laughs> I mean, I like it too. I mean, because there is a social component to, oh, to this too, and, yeah. and you know, for yeah. me, that's also good. Yeah. Um, you know. Um, 
It's a little harder later in life to make friends. You know, it's like easier oh. when you're younger. Oh my gosh! So this is another yeah. way to to meet people and um, and yeah, get, you totally. know get out of yourself a little totally. bit, especially after after the pandemic. I did my yeah. first reading right before the pandemic. Oh my gosh! And the guy said, "Oh, you should come back." It, you know, went really well. It was an open mic, and uh, and then the pandemic, oh uh, everything shut down. Yeah. So I didn't you know do readings. You know, there, some people did Zoom readings. I didn't do that. I I, I need yeah. the the in-person thing the zoom readings were weird i did a couple yeah. of those and it was just yeah that thing of like well i'm just sitting here in my house and it's very quiet and i could see people doing like the poetry snaps like in right. their, their little screens but yeah. it was just right. weird i don't know i never got used to it but it was nice to you know be able to hear somebody who's in sweden or whatever that normally wouldn't make yeah it. i mean there's a good it, side to, you know, to it too yeah. that's that is a good ups and downs right but there is something good component of it yeah. yeah there's something really magical about right. being in that room mm -hmm. and just like with people right and yeah it's just yeah it's it can be and it can be heavy it can be like really emotional right um i get yeah. intense yeah yeah <laughs> and if, especially if i'm doing a feature i'll think about it all day but i like that when i have a gig on the, with the drums too yeah, yeah. I, I think about it all day i gotta do this i gotta do that yeah <laughs> do i remember this song do i remember this poem am i you know whatever i think about all the details because i'm a planner but mm. I get obsessive about it, yeah. you know, even to the point where, where am I going to park the car yeah. <laughs> if I'm driving? It's, it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, and then you get up and you do it. And I, I get really intense about it. And I don't know about you, but sometimes if, especially if it's a feature, I, I'm thinking so much about what I got to do. I find it hard to, to soak in what other people are doing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes the people that go before me during a feature, right. it's like, I'm, I'm not, I know I'm like, I'm not fully absorbing like right. everything that they're saying mm -hmm. because like, yeah, I'm kind of in the back of my mind. I'm sort of assessing and right. I'm also like going like, okay, like this is sort of changing the vibe in the room and am I going to change what I'm reading because of it? And, right. and I mean, sometimes you get lucky and like follow somebody at an open who's like really like brings the room down and then you can right. bring it up sure but, like sometimes right. yeah it's good it to think of it that way. way maybe you have yeah. to yeah you change what you're going to read for that so yeah. well, um, that's why i bring my little stack right so um <laughs> there's, there's one more thing i want to talk oh, yeah, to you yeah. about at least uh, but we're getting we're going through the yeah. show really quick i want to read one of mine oh yeah, yeah and since um please. i was wasn't sure what i was going to read but i read the, i wrote this recently and it's it's kind of a city thing so mm. since you brought up uh, the city uh images of the city i'm going to read this one it's called heartless metropolis mm. he died very young it didn't matter to many but it did to me i was there when he fell when the lights were dim and the mood shattered I was there when he was carted away in an ambulance post-overdose trying to find another plane in his lonely life. I often walked the streets looking for him under overpasses and in dank rat-infested subway tunnels, asking his whereabouts to people slowly nodding out. I dialed emergency rooms often being hung, upon, hung up, up on. No time to deal with that, but he was my brother, a kind man with deep problems. I'm not that much better in reality. Look, my, look like my mother, live more like my father, a relation by blood kind of tainted. Kill the pain you can't deal with with a syringe and a bottle. Live on the outskirts of humanity. My, my wits are spent, emotions dried out. The traffic in the city wishing by couldn't care less about the loss of another lost soul. Just another cold day living in a heartless metropolis. That was kind of sad. <laughs> that was good though, man. Oh, it's really good. I like you, your stuff. It's thank really you. Do, you. do you write something sometimes and know, have any idea? Like, I have no idea. Sometimes I know where something comes from. Like, that one, I don't know. Like, sometimes I write something and I'm, I'm really sure yeah, where well, that came from. I didn't set out to specifically do it, you know? Yeah, well, it's funny that reading that reminded me that that, that first poem that I wrote, going back to that teenage bedroom with the Beatles poster, um, was actually this poem about River Phoenix, huh. who had passed away maybe a year or so before. Wow. And, and he was somebody that, like wasn't even like a childhood or like a teenage girl crush or anything mm -hmm. but i thought he was like so cool because like i would right. read about him in like sassy magazine and uh -huh. he was he was a vegetarian and he played in a band and even though he was an actor like he was playing in these little like dive bars right. in florida and stuff and that was at the time such a rare like unknown world to me i didn't know mm -hmm. you could do such a thing and right. it just it just seemed like everything he was doing was really cool and like i wanted to do that right and, and i did and I'm, right. I'm a vegetarian and i played uh -huh. in dive bars <laughs> okay but i didn't even realize it was sometime after he had passed and i when i wrote the poem it was like it just sort of came out mm -hmm. in this like you know rush of you know of just like whoa where did that come from it kind of freaked me out but I almost was like tingly afterwards of like, whoa, like that, I didn't even realize I was sitting on a lot of like psychic discord. Right. 
and it had to go somewhere. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it came out in this poem. And it like it wasn't even like a day out. It was like a year after it, he, wow. he had passed away. But right. it, you know, it's just it, and it. But it still happens to me as an adult that sometimes there's something a friend that's passed away or a, an incident that's occurred or just even something I've witnessed on TV or something that has gotten to me in a particular way right. that I don't fully realize until I, something gets tweaked and I sit down to write the poem. Right. And then it, like, and it, it comes, comes out. out. Yeah, right. And, it, and, and you might not have realized that how deep it was there. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's a real, like, uh, you know, it's a mystery. But right. <laughs> But it is, you know, I think it's, 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 there's something kind of therapeutic in there. And that's why, like, well, I was teaching writing for a little while and, and I, I would just try to encourage my students, like, yeah, you know, just get at that feeling. It was, I, I was so cocky because when I went in to teach, I was teaching like prose amp. It was just like an intro to creative writing kind of class. And I thought, oh, teaching poetry is going to be so easy because I'm going to all these readings and I right. read all these poems all the time. Right. And, uh, you know, right. just give them some <laughs> of my favorite poems and right. let her rip, kids. Right. And I'm like, no, it's so hard because to me, it's like, yeah, you can make somebody write a sonnet or say, okay, this week we're going to learn what a sestina is and write one or follow right. follow the form, you know, kind of thing is so easy. But to get at a poem that gets at what you're trying to get at and it mm-hmm. gets it across and has that feeling and makes you go, whoa, at the end. Right. It's like, it's so hard to like, it's like, I can't make you have that feeling, you know, and no. put it on the page. No, of course not. But I think, I think the best you can do sometimes is just like expose people or expose yourself like if you're if you're listening to this right now and you are like I feel like I have this urge to be a poet and I don't really know how to do it just you know a read like Mm -hmm. you got to have input for the output you know just like read you know but like you know just start trying to work it out you know and go from you can go from like writing just little phrases in a notebook to then like it becomes a full-fledged poem to then like write another one write another one like see what happens when you you know, and kind of get in this like trance-like state of like let your mind like let it flow, and yeah, like just see where it takes you. I mean, when I first started, like I said, I didn't write as a young person except two punk songs. <laughs> in the, you got to start somewhere in the eighties. Yeah. Um, I guess when I would write, I, I always thought it was really terrible. But then I, I used writing on like whatever it was seven or eight years ago as therapy like you said and it was really going trying to handle a situation that was difficult mm-hmm. um and then i realized i liked the process and i could tell stories and it could be about my life or a part a part of my life or i could make it about just this there's all these lives out there you know other people's lives yeah. you know like something like this is not really my life although there are sometimes little things from my life in it and then i make it a story or and i make a story about somebody else or just look at the world around you and i, I f- realized the process is fun yeah. you know and that surprises me because i thought you were going to tell me that poem is like from a deep personal no like that's, that's i mean there's elements I mean, of it, it that feels yeah really like there are elements deep. of it that that could be personal but yeah, yeah right yeah yeah right. Well, I, yeah, I like I like to also write about the the people or that don't have a voice too. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing too. It's it's the connector. You know, you right. want to like reach out because humanity is not just the, like you know we're talking about like the Beatles. I mean, that's yeah. a, that's humanity. That's one part of a creative humanity. But there's a whole world out there of people struggling. You know, and and that's also humanity. And sometimes we overlook it. You know. Yeah, yeah. And it could be mental illness, it could be drug addiction, it could be poverty, it could be war, it could be there's all these human things that are happening that are difficult for you know and uh, Yeah. Yeah, and I mean I think that's the thing, it's like grappling with big emotions. Mm-hmm. I mean we all and that's kinda like the magic of poetry and poetic language. It's like we poetry you know, nobody gets paid for it and yet right. it you know, it resonates across the decades and and we need it there's right. something that like we need it you know and, and just even music like if you want to say like songs or poetry it's like there's people that you know don't have the ways and means but you know are, are, are writing still mm-hmm. or trying to put down their experiences on paper in some language that's elevated from just our everyday typical like hey bob how was your weekend exactly kind of right something that right. doesn't get anything across even though right. it's just sort of the the, the 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 currency of <laughs> the conversational currency or whatever right. in the office or wherever you are it's like we all want something that digs a little deeper and hits us in our feelings and makes you go oh you right know, like, so just, speaking of that read we d- definitely need at least 
for you to read one more. Oh, We're getting man, kind of towards the end of the yeah. show. And then we'll we'll talk about what's next for you. And uh, I also, we should also talk a little bit about the Pink Pony series because I'm interested in that. Oh, yeah, for re- sure. F- finding oh, man, out yeah. about that. All so. right. Well, I'll, I'll read. Yeah, well, since we're talking about... Uh, ooh, let's see. So we're kind of talking about, like, grief and whatnot. Uh, so this... I do find it's easier to read, to write about difficult like pain and stuff i know it's like uh, it's so hard it's to write like, when you're like happy but I know. Uh, but yeah it's like well because there's no conflict in happiness it's right. like oh everything's working like right. when you're unhappy there's conflict it's like i want one thing but the actual situation differs from what i want right. so therefore unhappiness yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna write about it um all right this is uh so yeah speaking of difficult things um so this is called farewell issue I don't want to buy any more memorial magazines commemorating, I can't even spell commemorating, you and your life which has ended. And then I turn to this book and write until the ink is dead too, until I'm just trawling horrible inkless trenches into the page. These dumb ghost lines are like you are, an impression, something weighty and insistent was here, but we can't quite make it out now. Find a pencil, shade it in, conjure up a ghost. I don't like this, I don't feel anything. For a while there, I felt everything. I don't know if that was better. I cried in the street, in the post office line. I stay up now till dawn, refreshing your name on the internet. They call this searching behavior. Nothing breaks my concentration. I'm commemorating. I'm learning how to spell commemorate. I'm twisting toward the sunlight like a half-alive vine. The sunlight's artificial. I sit with my silence in the rain. I don't know what to talk about with people. My concentration is utterly broken. There's a chorus of bright lights and kind words and chasms and chasms of dark things I can't seem to cross over or even understand but I keep dredging deeper into this page as if I could press the words in deep enough, as if I could tattoo your ashes back to life, as if I could write and write until time spun backwards and our pages were blank and the ending was beautifully unwritten. Nice. Very powerful. Um, Inspiration? Uh, Well, that was, um, yeah, I mean, you talk about like seeing people uh, or other things that bring up another thing. Um, it was written about losing a friend who uh-huh. passed away, right, but I, I figured that. Yeah. But I, yeah, but I kind of also, it was written after I was seeing, I was, um, I can't remember where I was. I might have been standing on a subway platform, but I saw these like magazines. It was all, it was after Carrie Fisher had passed away. And uh-huh. It was just all like Carrie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds. And I was thinking, and, and it just was like, yeah, like I'm uh, just so tired of like people that I, love mm. passing away right <laughs> it's just, a difficult feeling it was like yeah it was it just seemed like uh, it was like a, uh, written at a time when did i write this and i don't know um yeah it was, uh, so yeah after kind of losing a friend and sort of just just grafting those two feelings of like here's an artist that i really liked it's like she's one of my favorite writers mm-hmm. and uh then a friend that i had lost prior to that and just kind of like say like all of it it was just like oh man just the, the, that 2016 like death wave. That's like oh, David, that was crazy. David Bowie and Prince. And, I know. Like, Gary well, Shandling. Was, yeah, there was a, a over 20 was, like. Yeah, um, just like, and it was like a lot of people that I had sort of like looked up to in my childhood right. or in my teenagehood or in my grown up hood mm-hmm. or whatever as right. artists that I really right. like. I was like a huge. So this huge, you wrote in 2016. Wrote in 2017. Oh, actually. I see. I right. Have the date on that. I see. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of like afterwards of just something. Yeah, just seeing all you this, just wish this you could, like wave of magazines. I was right. just like, oh god, like right. I don't want to yeah. see any of this anymore. Right. And your friend on top um, of it. Yeah, and then like a personal a friend right. of mine had passed away in 2016 yeah. as well, right. and so um, my friend Michelle that I from Jersey Shore and mm-hmm. um, we'd seen a lot of music together and stuff like that right. and so you know it was just kind of having that in the back of my mind and again it was like something that was in the back of my mind that right. didn't kind of find its way out till later right um, but it found its way out beautifully well thank you yeah. um, I mean that's the hope is that you can take your <laughs> misery and turn right. it into into again to quote Carrie Fisher take uh-huh. your broken heart and turn it into art uh, right. to, to make a rhyme um, but but yeah like that's the goal is like to to find something in the darkness and the churn of sort of human struggle mm-hmm. that is beautiful and that is the the love that we have for one another that informs our grief or, or whatever right um, to get at that rather than just not having any place to go with it right you know? exactly so. Anyway. So tell me about the Pink Pony reading series. Oh, well, the Pink Pony was great. It was, and, and that was what got me out. And um, it was actually like in the in the late 90s, um, I was part of a, 
a Patti Smith fan group. That oh. was this was like pre-social media. It was a wow. it was a list serve. So it was oh, like you would serve. get yeah, Holy you would cow. get like emails. Right. And um, I don't even know how I found this, but um, you know, in the sort of proto internet of the '90s, um, and I got on it, and uh, and I so I'm, I'm on there. Cut to like '98, '99. I was visiting here, and I went to a poetry reading at St. Mark's Church because, like, that was the place I'd read oh. about in books that right. you come to for sure. a poetry reading. Right. And um, somebody was passing out these uh, broadsheets, and uh, one of the poets on there was um, Jackie Sheeler, whose name I recognized from this Patti Smith listserv. Wow. So the next time her name popped up, I was like, I know this name from somewhere. And the next time her name popped up in the emails, I was I like I emailed her privately, and I was like, Hey, are you the Jackie Sheeler that wrote this poem that I read at St. Mark's Church in huh. this broad broadsheet broadside right. thing? Yeah. And um, and she was like, yeah, that was, that's me. And uh, she said, you know, I run this reading series. And if you're ever in New York again, like, come to my reading series. It's right. at the Pink Pony, which I think was here on uh, Ludlow Street originally. Okay. It was like a little restaurant. Uh-huh. And so it was called the Pink Pony poetry reading right. series sure. or whatever because sense. it was at the Pink but, Pony. Exactly. Um, but they lost the space. It was her and her partner, Maggie Balistrieri, were running it. Uh-huh. And um, they lost the space and ended up moving to Cornelia Street Cafe where it was for years. And then um, Kat George and Peter Karloftis ended up taking okay. it over if you've right. met them from Three Rooms Press. Uh-huh. Um, and now, of course, I have met them, yes. yeah, uh-huh. sadly, um, Cornelia Street Cafe is closed. But for, you know, like almost two decades or something, right. that was like a really uh-huh. rollicking right. reading. Yeah. And um, yeah, and it was just so when I did move to New York after college and I mm-hmm. was sort of floating around and looking for a way to make something of my art every day, um, I, I came to Jackie's poetry reading. Nice. And I, I went to a couple of other readings and I just couldn't like fit it. Like I was not a slam poet. Right. And that was kind of the vibe at the time was the whole New Eureka. Sure, right. Which I, you know, total respect to slam poets. Right. It's such a hard thing, but I, like, that's just not yeah, my... Yeah, you could admire something and yeah, know that you're not going to be just, good at it. I could it's not, just, like, you can't put yourself have in places. that, like, yeah. aggressive, like, right. thing, you know. Right. And um, so I just felt like I couldn't get a foothold in that kind of scene. And, um, but, like, Pink Pony was just, like, that was the vibe. That was, nice. like, okay. to me, it was just, like, a good mixture of people, like, ages, uh-huh. races, genders, every, you know... Right different walks of life and they would have great features but then a great open mic too uh-huh. and i just like that was my poetry school cool. i feel like i learned right. so much there yeah, you could that's definitely a school yeah and like just learning you know what works and what doesn't work it right in front of people in real time it was uh-huh. just such an education and so yeah like and it and so many of my friends and like trina that i started the band with like i right. met there oh. and one of my friends john proctor right who um, haven't seen him. John, if you're listening to this, come to a reading. Um, he's right. <laughs> he's living up in Westchester now. Oh, but, okay. Um, but he's, uh, I mean, he's a writer and became one of my best friends. And so, like, some people that, you know, I'm still friends with and p- poets that I know, um, right. you know, all these years now. That sounds like a great memory. Yeah, yeah. it's just, it was, like, such a great um, time. And, and um, I'm sure many more of your podcast guests can sure. ra- wax rhapsodic yeah. about that. So series, talking about features yeah. and readings, anything coming up for you uh, that people should look out for? And mm. how else can people find you um, in your poetry? I, I don't have anything coming up. Uh, sorry, you can just, I don't know, call me and we'll have a coffee or something. But um, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, No, I, you can find me on the, the usual social media. I'm not on Twitter that much anymore, but I have a, a Twitter. It's mm-hmm. um, at Megan Brothers. And um, Instagram, I'm trying to kind of move over to that and on instagram i'm at the with two e's the megan brothers um so because megan brothers was already taken oh, by some wow. other megan brothers. <laughs> some other megan <laughs> brothers like right. out in i wonder if she's also named after right. blood sweat and tears but um yeah so yeah you can find me i'm around and about um and uh but yeah, I don't know. Drop me a line, say hello. Don't, okay. Don't be weird. So besides being here, <laughs> um, I have to. I want to, if you don't mind, I'm going to yeah. plug something else. Oh, I'm doing it. Plug away. So next Saturday, the uh, 14th, I'm doing my first, and hopefully will not be the last uh, variety show. Cool. It's called the Very Swell Variety Show, and it's uh, Saturday, October uh, 14th at Young Ethel's in Park Slope oh, on cool. fi- on Fifth between 12th and 13th. It's a really cool uh, bar. It's a nice room in the back. And uh, there's going to be a storyteller, a couple of musicians. There's going to be a couple of musical performances, a couple of poets, and my group, um, the Bitter Pill Collective. And if we get a good turnout, I hope to do it like maybe bi-monthly or something like that. Nice. Know, and have a mix of talent. 
Yeah. That sounds uh, really although awesome. I was told we were not allowed to have any fire eaters. So that's out. <laughs> So don't ask me if you can do the variety show if you're a fire eater. <laughs> Leave the batons at right. home, fire yes. eaters. You're not, you're sad. So um, I loved this. It was really, uh, we introduced it correctly. I think this was the best podcast ever. <laughs> That's it. So, We're done. Pack your bags, Mark Merritt. Yes. It's all over. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, thank you for having me, Pete. Thank you this so much for being on the show. This is super fun. Oops, I hit play and it didn't play. It's always the way. What's going on here? Come on. We could the just, theme song. We can make up a theme song. Uh, and the theme is played by Fredo Genziano, nice. who works with me. And he'll be here Monday night at uh, Wayne Crawl's first floor walk-up and at the Young Ethel's. Megan Brothers, th- again, thanks so much for being on my podcast. It was a lot of fun talking to you. Thank you for having me. This was and, a lot um, of fun being here. I don't remember if I said it, because I always do what I should. It's storytelling on Orchard Street, and it's 180 Orchard Street, and in, it's in the PNT uh, Knitwear Bookstore. It's a great bookstore. And besides Wayne's event every other Monday, they have other great events here, read, uh, reading series, all types of things. And there's a cafe in the back, you so you can get a beverage also. So again, uh, thanks to everybody who is listening or watching this, and we'll see you some other time.